Hello and welcome back to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. I'm about to get into a bit of uh, volunteer audio narration and I need to take the cue that I need to slow down and not read at a million miles an hour, so I'm going to start talking Slowly with lots of pauses. Well, good night. How are you? I'm good. Um, if there's lots of rustling coming from my end, it's just because I've got a blanket. You are snuggled up. It is almost December. In, I was going to say almost December here in Australia. Uh, the rest of the world, <laughs> you're living in the past. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is almost December and it is almost summertime. We're just, we should be, we should be experiencing days in the thirties, mm. um, but you're snuggled up in a blanket cause it's fucking cold out there. Yeah. It's climate change is a thing folks. Um, yep. Yeah. If I think about it too hard, I'll just get really cross and then just get really depressed. Oh, that'll be one of those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty That's- much. The, this weather is breaking, almost breaking my heart as much as AFI broke my heart this week. Mm, yep. They're one fucking Sing the Sorrow show. And look, no, I'm sorry. I don't want to sound petulant. I don't want to sound like a petulant child. But, like, I understand that you said to me, oh, they don't really like doing anniversary shows. They feel like it's gimmicky mm. or whatnot. But... Like, Sing the Sorrow was one of the most formative albums of my life. Yeah. And they're like, we're doing this once. Come to Los Angeles if you want to see us. Oh! Yeah. I think the thing that just made it shit for me was just the um, ticket situation. Mm. Um, Very convenient that their tickets went on sale the same, like week, if not day, that, like, Taylor Swift tickets were. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about AFI tickets, it's the Taylor Swift tickets that are the the issue. But, like, from what I've seen from comments on their Instagram page, one, a lot of people are upset that they're only doing the one Sing the Sorrow show. Mm. Um, And, two, it seems like a lot of people who bought pre-sale were able to buy tickets for, like, 50 bucks. Yeah. And then the general general admission, or, like, the, the, the actual, like, what is it called when they just go on sale? General sale. General sale is marked up to, like, 500. Now, I'm going by comments off of Instagram, but there were a few people saying that, so... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just everything to do with, like... What's it called? Marking up. No. I want to say, like, surge pricing. Price gouging? Well, that. But, like, there's a technical term for it where they can... Dynamic pricing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, Where you can, like... Apparently the artist sort of decides whether or not they want to have dynamic pricing activated and ticket pricing scales up or down depending on how in demand that one seat is at that one time. Yeah. It's just, as far as I know, that hasn't happened over here yet. Like, we haven't had that come over here for Ticketmaster Australia, but like... It's probably inevitable, though. Yeah, but it's just fucked. Like, what more do you want from me? 
I don't know. <laughs> like, you're already getting my money. I, I'm, I'm, it's not, this isn't the only reason why I'm annoyed, but I was like, if I can will into this, into this world, because next year is the 20 year anniversary of seeing the sorrow. Mm. If I can will an anniversary show, and if I can will those four men to come over here and do that anniversary show for people not in fucking Los Angeles, and if Alexis on fire can come over here, <laughs> then maybe, maybe I am the author of this narrative called life. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe I'll go a little bit buck wild and see what I can make happen. Uh, I'm look. One of those things happened. Alexis on fire is coming over here next year. We got tickets. Stoked. They're rad dudes. Yeah. Disappointed in AFI. Bold of you to assume that you are the architect of any of this. I say just. I would be gesturing vaguely if I didn't have my arms underneath a doona. <laughs> they would be gesticulating all over exactly. the place. Exactly. Like there's main character syndrome, which yes. is which is a thing that we see a lot, and especially a lot of people on the internet. Is there like some kind of syndrome where it's not so much I'm the main character, but I am the architect of of this being. Or like, yeah, there's got to be. Like, yeah. it's not as insufferable as main character syndrome, no. but like, no. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I remember at one point, I think it might have been like early to mid pandemic hours, like thinking about how just like life as a concept is pretty wild when you think about it like yeah. just shit keeps sort of materializing itself into the world and happening and yeah. you just kind of have to take a back seat and be like okay um unless you're religious or whatever or spiritual in which case i imagine there's a bit more rhyme and reason to it in but, which um, case jesus is your co-pilot yeah exactly yeah. jesus take the wheel but um yeah, I don't know. In that sense, like, it can be kind of freeing at times to be like, I could just, like, yeah, there's only, like, a thin line between, like, me and, like, completely towing that boundary and just, like, fucking shit up for better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Before we delve too far into this, uh, this week's song, I couldn't think of a segue. I know. This week's song, The Beautiful People... By Marilyn Manson, as covered by 18 Visions for Punk Goes 90s. This might be make me a terror. This is sort of to go back to where we were uh, before talking about the song. 
this might make me a terrible uncle. I basically told my nephews and niece, um, it didn't really matter to the one who's just graduated high school, but I just told them at our last family thing, school doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> unless, that was a very profound moment, I thought. I, I was I, I was like, unless you want to be a vet or a lawyer, this doesn't matter. <laughs> none, none of it matters. And, and I was like, I said to my... Uh, 12 year old nearly 13 year old niece well what do you want to do what do you want to be when you grow up i want to be a vet oh okay well school matters yeah yeah don't listen to me but like to my seven year old nephew this doesn't matter doesn't matter (laughs) don't worry about don't worry about your scores don't listen to your parents listen to me truly listen to uncle sam (laughs) but it just doesn't matter but like i'm just like I'm sort of checked out Uncle Sam now. Um, I, I I don't drink nearly as much as I used to. I thought you were going to say I don't drink nearly enough. I was going to be like, are you all right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a screaming headache and my vision is blurred and uh, and my mouth is very dry. Cause are I you don't joking? Because I don't drink enough water. No, I am, oh, I am joking. Thank God. I was going to be like, we need to stop recording right now. I've got to get I've, you to a hospital. I've got a litre bottle of water there. True. That's half empty. And because I had uh, already drunk another litre of said water. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's move on <laughs> to from Uncle Sam being absent. Uncle, Uncle Sam's Sam. water corner. <laughs> Marilyn Manson. In mm. 1989, Brian Warner, a.k.a. Marilyn Manson, studied journalism where he would write articles for the lifestyle magazine 25th Parallel. He would meet Scott Pitesky, the founding guitarist and also known as Daisy Berkowitz, who read Warner's poetry. Pitesky would propose forming a band. The band would start off as Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. <laughs> Remember last week how we were talking about yeah. Red Hot and the Chili Peppers or whatever? Yeah. M- Mr. Magical... Uh, the Magical Mystery Tour. Oh, uh, was it like Mr. Teeth and the uh, and the Electric Wizards or something? The, the, Mupp- <laughs> the Muppets And band. the Electric Mayhem. And the Electric Mayhem. Oh, someone needs to do a combination of like a Muppet song or one of their songs in the style of Mayhem. The black metal band. I, I'm not. I am. I am not a musician. I can't put that together. I, but. I'm willing to bet at least one dollar that it already exists somewhere on the internet. This is where, if I was really good with social media and wasn't scared to get back onto Twitter at the moment, <laughs> this is where, if I was really good at social media and, and was able to cultivate a, a following for this, I would be like, "Yo, someone write that song." And also to double back on last week's episode. Yo, someone Photoshop shirtless Dave Navarro in with the Cenobites from Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> but um, see, that's one way where you can like genuinely have some agency and like engineering your own destinies. I feel like a lot of the time it's relatively easy to just conjure shit up on the internet yeah. by being like, "This would be funny," and someone with more motivation or time and skill. than you, yeah, or skill. But that's sort of more negotiable. Can like. Just whip it up, um, but yeah, that's 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 what I would do with my power. Is just like yo, make funny songs. Yeah, I've just we watched the original Muppets movie last night. It's so good quality. Uh, so that yes, yeah, the band would start off as Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. 
Um, each band member would take the first name of a female sex symbol and the surname of a serial killer. This is to represent the dichotomy of good and evil. Marilyn Manson, who took Marilyn from Marilyn Monroe and Manson from Charles Manson, wrote in his autobiography, wrote in his book autobiography is what I wrote. Uh, that No ma- one needed, like, no one would have known that if you hadn't brought it up. I know, but it's the little... Back yourself. It's, it's the warts and all that makes this podcast so good. Sure. Uh, he stated that Monroe had a dark side just as Manson had a good intelligence side. I want to know what good intelligence side, uh, Charles Manson had. Was it, was it trying to, uh, convince his, or convincing his followers that they were going to incite a race war between the whites and the blacks and that they were going to flee to the desert because the blacks were going to take over? It's very much like that. What it was it? Like, there's, um, Decent people on both sides, or whatever the fuck it oh, was. Oh, good, good people on both sides. Yeah, it's just that very sort of devil's advocate kind of mentality. I mean, he's not the first person to sort of put a bit of idolization into Charles oh, Manson. Absolutely like, not. Guns and Roses covered one of his songs, um, and like just serial killers in general, like Gigi Allen would fucking go and visit John Wayne Gacy in prison, and like. Yeah. It's edgy. Uh, uh, yep, so... I mean, we'll eventually be talking about that kind of shit with Ronnie Radke, I guess. Uh, yeah. Did he kill someone? No. I don't know, but we'll find out. Yeah, he did something. Yeah, that will land him in prison, and then somehow his sex was... appeal skyrocketed from that. I think it was like manslaughter or something, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. Something like that. Anyway. Still, I'd rather see girls getting tattoos of Ronnie than the fucking guy from Lost Prophets. Yeah, look. which 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 oh. also happened. Uh, so the band would grow in popularity due to the shock value of their music and stage show, which was highly theatrical and would include such things as naked women nailed to crosses, children in cages, <sighs> or bloody animal parts. For fuck's sake! Uh, that's just that's just a, a Gorgoroth show, though. So speaking of like naked women nailed to crosses, we went and saw uh, Barbarian. Barbarian the other day. And, like, it was fine, but can we just fucking put a pin in the trope of, like, naked lady with stringy hair as a spectre? Saggy tits. Like, for fuck's sake. So, like, we get it. Like, you hate women. Like, just say you hate women and move on. But women are the real monsters, am I right, man? <laughs> but it just, it's so lazy. Yeah. Like, you never see, like, a withering old man like hanging dong in a movie to be like oh let's get like it's always just and again like i've not i've I've tried to sort of i'm sure it's happened at some some junction in some movie they've used an old a naked old man to like create a uh, kind of image but i mean like that's what ari aster does like but it's women well it's both oh yeah yeah i guess like i think in mid no no, i don't remember hereditary there was like naked dudes oh that's right but again, it's like, at least that was sort of equal opportunity. <laughs> Whereas I'm just so fucking sick of that trope of like, there's this big scary thing that lives in the dungeon and look at it, it's, it's like eight feet tall and it's a woman with very stringy black hair and awful teeth and mm. yeah, it's just like, yes, okay. Anyway. I, I don't have the right words to convey what I'm sort of thinking, but like, in Midsummer, when he walks into the church or whatever, and there, there's all the naked women, mm. and it's like all older naked women. It's not meant to like 
shock you or like jar you. It's like this is just who they are. Well, yes, within the concept of like a fertility ritual. Yes. Whereas, yeah, it's just such a pervasive thing where it's just like, yeah, anyway. It's just uh, like the worst part about it is just that freaky ginger nut in the center of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trent Reznor, that dirty fish and chip shop boy, yes, would offer the band both a contract with his newly founded record company, Nothing Records. It's such a that feels like such a Trent Reznor name for a yeah. record company, uh, and a spot opening for Nine Inch Nails on their self destruct tour. I wonder if Trent started this record label after the the shitty deal with. Oh yeah, what was the record company? Um... Not Sumerian. No. Fuck. It it? wasn't Sony or Universal or... No, it was like another one. But yeah. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, figure it out yourselves. Uh, Among the numerous... The band's numerous spate of controversies... TV records, wasn't it? TV records. Or something like that. So weird. Anyway. Uh, The band were blamed for the Columbine High School massacre... Uh, other scapegoats for the shooting included Rammstein and the video game Doom. I remember seeing Marilyn Manson, the person, as opposed to the band. Um, I think doing an interview about it, or like he I'm might have been... for Columbine. Yeah. yeah, and I just like I remember him being very eloquent and measured and intelligent and all that. That was that was the response that like the public had was like, oh, he's a very intelligent guy. Yeah, and. And, like, what he was saying wasn't, like, super profound. He's just, like, if I had a chance to talk with them, I'd be, like, talk to me. What's your, what's your issues? Yeah. Like, t- tell me, tell me what, what, what your life is like. But it just, yeah, it's frustrating because, I don't know, maybe this does sort of, actually, yeah, no, I'm not even, like, yeah, Marilyn Manson has proven himself to be an alleged piece of shit as well. Mm-hmm. Like... And it's frustrating because, like, I remember, I think, like, I was young enough when I saw that, and I just remember being like, damn, this is really, like, profound, what he's yeah. doing here. Like, he's showing, like, some real empathy. That kind of, But, like, and then, yeah, just that goodwill he manages to railroad that by... I mean, Bowling for Columbine was, like, it was 2001, I think, or 2002, so, like, it was, like... 15 or 16 years in between. Mm. In between this, in 2017, Manson decided to part ways with longtime bassist Twiggy Ramirez. The decision to fire the bassist came when allegations surfaced that Twiggy had raped and abused his ex-wife, Jackoff Jill vocalist Jessica. However, in 2020, Manson faced his own allegations of sexual abuse. This began when Manson's ex-wife, Evan Rachel Wood, brought the abuse out into the open. And Manson, like, I think it's like Manson's white current wife is also like, has been accused of like threatening Evan Rachel Wood with, like, apparently there was a picture of Evan Rachel Wood at a party dressed up as a Nazi. Oof. And she's like, we'll release that if you don't cool it. Wow. Um, I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem like... Like, I don't know. I didn't look into that. And I probably should have. But, like, it seems like the world is on Evan Rachel Wood's side, though. So, like, maybe there isn't a picture of her just as a Nazi. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
don't know. I don't really want to have to look up Evan Rachel Wood Nazi. No, that'll definitely be logged somewhere. I don't want to have to do that. So just, it's just, I yeah, it's just like the pot calling the kettle black. It's probably a case of Manson going, well, I don't want, I, I know that probably there's some shit that will come out about me if this sort of attention is on my band. Mm. I'm just going to get rid of you. I'll get rid of you. And hopefully nothing sticks to me and then something did stick to him, so. It's just, it's frustrating when, like, I don't know. It's sort of like that trope, like, when someone shows you who they are, believe them kind of thing. Like, I I don't know, you look at, like, oh, and they had, like, naked women being crucified as, like, fucking furniture for their tour, like... I want to look at that and have him prove me wrong. Mm. But instead, like, nope, he's just as fucking weird, allegedly, as he shows himself off to be. My my sister and my brother-in-law are big Marilyn Manson fans. Yeah. And, um, like, some of the stuff that my sister told me that he talked about in his book and on documentaries, like, the sex stuff, it's like, it does, like, from what she had told me, it was like, it does border on the line of abuse. Mm. And then it's like, oh, because it probably just was. It was probably yeah. just abuse. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to discredit or, or basically lower the effects of it. It's like, it's, it's that thing of like, simply put, this is just abuse. This is, this is yeah. abuse. There's... There's no dancing around it. It's just you're an asshole. Fuck you. It's just, yeah, like, in one sense I sort of want to say, like, well, I don't know what I expected kind of thing. Because, I don't know, by the sounds of it, like, Brian, whatever the fuck his name is. Warner. Warner, like, has been very upfront about how much of a fucking edgelord he is. Mm. But it's just, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, on a very base level it's boring, but then, like, when you scratch the surface, it's just fucking disappointing. Mm. But, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's that sort of thing, like, when the actor Andy Dick had his allegations, and he was just basically like, what did you expect? Yeah. Have you, have you not noticed the sort of person that I am? Of course I did stuff like this. But anyway, would you like to tell us about the song, please? Yes. So, The Beautiful People was the first single from Marilyn Manson's 1996 album, Antichrist Superstar. That's a pretty funny name. Um, The song was written by Manson and Ramirez and produced by Trent Reznor and Dave Ogilvy. 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 My bad. See, I look at Ogilvy... Igilvy, Ogilvy, and think of the advertising executive. That would be very funny. Uh, anyway. I too thought of that. Did you? No. Okay. Uh, the song title comes from Marilyn Bender's 1967 book, The Beautiful People, which exposed the world of jet set lifestyle. Exposed the world of the jet set lifestyle of the 60s. And the cultured beauty as it pertained to fashion and politics. That'll do. (laughs) Lyrically, the song discusses what Manson refers to as the, quote, culture of beauty. Uh, The film clip was directed by Floria 
Sigismondi. Sigismondi. Sigismondi, uh, who directed the film The Runaways and the film clips for Supermassive Black Hole by Muse, Red Flag by Billy Talent, Swan Song by Dua Lipa, and everyone's favourite, Unholy by Sam Smith featuring Kim Petras. I just, I still have no idea what that, what that fucking song's about. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's like either daddy watched mummy being a slut or mummy watched daddy being a slut or like, I don't know. Maybe they're both sluts. Who knows? Who fucking cares? Um, the song reached number 42 on the ARIA charts, number two on the Canada rock slash alternative charts, number 29 in New Zealand number one on the UK rock and metal charts, and number 29 on the US alternative airplay charts. If I never hear this song again in my life, that'll be too soon. I... <laughs> yeah. I... Look, I, as, a, as a little kid, as a nine-year-old Sam, um, you know, getting into, like, shows like South Park for the first time... And my brother and sister getting into Marilyn Manson pretty heavily in their teen years, I was I was very fascinated by Marilyn Manson. Yeah, and but like I was also scared of Marilyn Manson. Right, wasn't that hard? I was scared of everything <laughs> back back in the day, um, but it didn't take much for me to be to be scared of Marilyn Manson. But there was just like. I remember the rumours. Oh, yeah, he took out some ribs so he could suck his own dick. It's like, it's like I don't know if you need less ribs to be able to do that. I would have thought you just needed a bendier spine to be able to do that. Also, like, I don't know. <laughs> I remember seeing somewhere, like, it kind of just boils down to, like, the... Um, What's the word I'm trying to think of? Just the genius of man or like like youth culture that we managed to circulate that rumour about Marilyn Manson without the internet. Yeah. Like that news travelled without any social media to spread it. Well, because like, I mean, so that would have been 97 thereabouts. Like we had the internet, yeah, but it but wasn't... Like, it was very reserved. There was no, There was no chat rooms or anything like that that we... And it was probably reserved for people with very specific internet privileges. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how my brother heard about it, but it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, of course, my... I'm not going to say my brother as a teenager was gullible, but, like, <laughs> if he heard something, it was the, the truth. So it was yeah. like, oh, yeah, he definitely took out a couple of ribs. <laughs> there's, there's an episode of Metalocalypse where the members of Death Clock see a video of a guy doing that, and they're just like... That's why I started a band, so that someone would do that. Oh. And so, like, if, if I could do that, I would never leave the house. And so, like, it gets to a point of, like, later on in the episode, they've all got back problems because, of course, they've all tried to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually had extra ribs implanted. <laughs> so that you so that you could be further away from yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to hide my shame as much as I could, so I just got some extra ribs put in. See, this is why... This is why I'm going to start the uh, the sort of petition that, that Chad Kroger is in every way superior to Marilyn Manson because Chad Kroger could do it without any without any mythology. <laughs> Has he said that he can? Yeah, Chad Cro <laughs> Chad Kroger was like, 
Oh yeah, I used to be. I used to do it behind like liquor stores for. Uh, That's right. Guys would buy me beer. Talk, talk, <laughs> like guys would watch, and and then they'd buy me beer. See, that is just an enterprising young man. I don't want, again. I don't want to look up Chad Kroger sucks his own dick. Yeah, look. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to look that up. I don't even want to incognito mode that. <laughs> but I'm just gonna say Chad Kroger. Chad Chad Kroger is the Chad over. Marilyn Manson's fucking what's the what's the nerd version? Um, Chad and Chud. No, no, what is it? This is annoying oh, me because I know that the girl version is Stacy, or the girls are Stacy. Chad and oh, it's all it's all incel talk. God damn it! Uh, um, while while you look that up, Virgin. Yeah. Uh, yes, Chad Kroger, King compared to Marilyn Manson. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just remember being really sort of fascinated by Marilyn Manson. And like, I think when I was nine and heard the rumor, I was like, why would you even, why would, why would you want a mouth on that? Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, like, I've heard this song so many times in my life and it's been, like, because I, I did go through a Marilyn Manson phase in, of in my early teens. Um, like I said, my sister and brother-in-law are big into Marilyn Manson and they they illegally put some Marilyn Manson film clips onto some CDs and some and a lot of, like, the, the, his discography onto some CDs for me. <laughs> um, and I didn't ask them to do that. And I said, this is illegal, you know. And they were like, we don't care. We do, we do torrenting this household. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are like, he has better songs than this. I'm going to say like, this is, this is his big song. My fucking mum likes this song. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's no longer, it's no longer like cool edgy. It's just edge Lord edgy. Like I, to me, I feel like it always. Like, I wasn't smart enough as a kid to realise, like, sort of, oh, whoop-de-doo, like, this person's being an edgelord. But, like, I had a friend who got super into Marilyn Manson and Cabinable Corpse, I think it was, like, just the two. I feel like there was, there, in every small country town, there was that person <laughs> heavily into Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely obsessed with Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah. and this was my friend. Um, And I just didn't get it. Yeah. I'd, like... I got the sort of shock value, like the appeal in that sense, but I don't know. He like he slash the band just came across as what they still come across as to me, and it's just like this weird shock rock kind of mm. edgy, like unpleasant kind of thing. Like yeah, I think a stank to it. Well, I think it's just yeah. I never really vibed with this kind of music, and then when you add just all the layers upon layers of like, I don't know, the video clip, it's just every single horror trope just crammed into one. Like, oh, close-ups on people's teeth and yes, lots trying. of like rigid, jerky speed-up movements and limbs not doing what they're supposed to do. And It went to the Trent Reznor school of 90s horror. But there's something about Trent Reznor slash Nine Inch Nails that feels more eloquent than this. I don't know how. I really don't. But, like, I was thinking that. I was like, so basically, 
they just took a leaf straight out of Trent Reznor's book. But to me, it's more crass. Mm. And I have no idea why. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 th- I think you're right. I think there's definitely more of an eloquence to what Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. In a very cynical sense, it's probably because I'm attracted to Trent Reznor. I'm not attracted to Marilyn Manson. Oh, but Trent Reznor's fuckable. He, well, he's gorgeous. Yeah, Trent Reznor's Trent Reznor's a fuckable man. <laughs> Like, I know that I know that there were women who were attracted to Marilyn Manson, but like, even even when all the shit is off, like, he's not a very good looking guy. I think like he was always very striking. I always appreciated from like my very safe distance of like my closest experience with like I don't know, just completely like gender fucking was like emo mm. or like dudes wearing eyeliner like whoa but like like i still remember that is it like an album cover or just like some sort of press photo of marilyn manson where he has like a very alien looking body with he's like, got a woman's body yeah yeah he's got a woman's body but like even that woman's body is quite emaciated and like yeah sickly looking like yeah because it's probably his body that yeah. they put some prosthetics on yeah yeah but like i remember being curious about that yeah, I remember being so confused by that. But that, like, I don't think I ever looked at a wind like, Ugh, but I just remember thinking, like, oh, okay. Like, I can see how this is interesting. Like, I couldn't quite unpack what the commentary was, if there was any, to be honest. But, and that's the thing is where I, like, I don't know. A lot of the time what could have been interpreted down the line is like, feminist statements or something. I genuinely think it was just... It was to get to... Get that that response. Oh, yeah, or just to buy into the trope of like women being brutally murdered and hogtied is like entertainment. Mm. I don't know. I think I because I was probably like ten, and I think I think that's Mechanical Animals, mm-hmm. the album. Um, I think I was like ten when that came out, and I'm like, oh, so Marilyn Manson's a woman? Like it makes sense. Her name's Marilyn. Oh yeah, and and she's naked on this album cover. And then later on, like, no. Yeah. No. There's no nipples on that woman. Sam, what are you looking at? <laughs> Jesus. I, because, like... Just, there's just something ham-fisted about what Marilyn Manson does, I feel. There there could be, like, I'm, I could be looking really deep into it. But also, Manson is a deep thinker. Um, this is someone who sort of has based a lot of his his kind of like identity and lyrical themes and stuff on Lewis Carroll. Yeah. And to the point, like for years he was going to make a Lewis Carroll movie. Right. And he was going to play Lewis Carroll. But of course. Um, I, I, cause he's like based himself on like shock rock, but he's based himself off of like, like inspirations where people like David Bowie. Yeah. And, probably sort of like perverting something like hair metal. Yeah. And it, could be almost like a commentary on there was that I don't know what the poison album was it's fucking poison who cares <laughs> but there was the the poison album cover where it just had the four dudes but they're made up so immaculately that like the 
the the gag would always be you'd show your straight male friend the cover and they'd be like, oh, I want to fuck those girls. <laughs> and so, like, if that's, like, the grimy 90s version of, oh, I want to fuck that woman on the on the Marilyn right. Manson cover. Yeah. I can see that, I think. Like, I, don't, I genuinely would like to read some theory on, like, if people have sort of dissected what Marilyn Manson has slash have done particularly in the 90s, just to see if there is any sort of narrative regarding, like, just camp or, like, any sort of reference to queer culture. Because, yeah, there's something about it that still strikes me as just very male. I don't know how. Yeah, like, I don't think there's a feminist message coming from it. Whereas I feel like I would be more inclined to interpret, like, Trent Reznor's art from, like, a... Sorry, that's the album cover oh, for wow. look, look what look what the cat dragged in by oh, poison. Oh, they look stunning. And that was the that was always the gag of like, and there was the, I think it's it's like heavy metal parking lot or something. There's a documentary in like about heavy metal fans and whatnot, and there's like someone's talking about Rob Halford from from Judas Priest and like shit. That woman's talking about. It and, Rob Halford, she's like, I'm going to jump his bones. And it's like, oh, sweetie, you know, he was very gay. Oh, <laughs> But just that thing of, like, the, the the gag with that being, like, so many guys bought the album thinking, I want to fuck the girls from Poison. That's wonderful. Without, without <laughs> realising that they were all dudes. So good. I don't know. That could be the most intelligent thing that I will say about Marilyn Manson, perhaps. But that's probably not even what I was, what what he, what he was going for. Yeah. Um, this song's fine. It's... Because I hadn't listened to it for a while. Because, again, if I never listened to it again in my life, it's too soon. It's very boring. It's very boring. It's just... See, to me, it's more complex than I remember it being. Ah. But again, I think that's because I genuinely just remember it as whereas like it does have like those cool sort of breakdowny bits. Yeah. Like, the like I don't know. Like it's not just the three notes or whatever that I just renditioned, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, yeah, it has a lot more um, texture to it than I remember. Like. Just a lot of sort of multi-layered, like, multi-track sort of, like, Marilyn Manson doing, like, like weird sort of mm. vocal things. and It's not your fault that you're always wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I guess I'm used to Marilyn Manson just doing this kind of voice for stuff, like, sort of droney, like, I always forget that he did have, like, range, quote-unquote. Yeah. Like, not in, like not in terms of pitch, but just, like, he did different things. Yeah. It wasn't just, like, stand and deliver the exact same thing. I remember when I shared a room with my brother, and he was... He had this on, but he was out of the room, and I came into the room, and it came... It, I walked in just as the... Uh, yeah. And pissed myself and left the room. Oh, really? Not literally. No, but I like, <laughs> but like, oh god! And I got out of there because yeah. I hated it. it. Scared the shit out of me. It was like the, it was probably the first song to 
scammy. Interesting. And I don't know if I've necessarily ever... I've been scared by film clips. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever really been scared by a song. Yeah, I've been, like, unsettled by songs before, but, like... We've had this discussion before. We have. I don't want to rehash old wounds for you. No, but, like... Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like I was never really scared so much as just, like, confused. Like, I just didn't really see the... Like, it wasn't even a yuck response. It was just a not-for-me response. I don't know. And I think that's still how I feel about it, except... As an adult, I can appreciate that there was a lot more, like, art going into it than what I thought there was when I was younger. Mm. I, yeah, and, like, so, to sort of pivot to, like, the film clip, and, like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep comparing him to Trent Reznor, but, like, he owes his career to Trent Reznor. Oh, absolutely. And they were really closely tied to the hip at one point. Are they still mates? Nah. Nah. No, I think they famously fell out. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, I can't remember. There's it's one of Nine Inch Nails' like, famous songs. And the film clip, like, Trent Reznor's going around with a with a very tall, black-haired woman. Yeah. And, like, they're doing stuff like they're full-on, like, making out and simulating oral sex and all that sort of stuff. And it's sort of like, you're kind of looking at, and, like, the, like, the really Cheshire grin... Cheshire Cat, like, grin appears on Marilyn Manson's face. like, oh, that's been Marilyn Manson the whole time. Right. I can't remember what the, what the song was, though. Um, but, yeah, so, like, what I was getting at, I, I made the joke to you the other day, like, I don't take the long way around to get to my points. Um, I feel like when Trent Reznor would, like, would make a film clip or when, you know, they would do a film clip for Nine Inch Nails, there was definitely... A story. I might not have understood the story, but there would have been a story there yeah. that they were telling me. As opposed to, I mean, especially with this, it just feels like what can we, what images can we put in front of our viewers' eyes yeah. to just shock them? Yeah, yeah. So you get like nine foot tall Marilyn Manson with a, with a bald cap, and you get the the fucking the things that the the dentists put in your mouth yeah. to keep your mouth open. And, and you're right, like the teeth and there's worms and it's just, yeah. And I guess, I guess maybe like the story is we're going to show you, we're going to show you really unsettling things while talking about beautiful people. Yeah. I guess like the you, dichotomy again, I, I could see how I could shoehorn like a high school essay into talking about like, body-like modification and manipulation and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. how people do it to pursue an aesthetic of beauty, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't know if it's that deep. I no, think it literally I... is just like, hey, this looks creepy, let's do it. Because, like, they filmed it in an old abandoned brewery in Canada. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say asylum, in which case I was going to be like, of course they did. But... No, it wasn't that exciting. It was an old abandoned brewery in Canada Yeah, that I think is back up and running now. Um, yeah. yeah, like it's, it's, as I said, like it's, to me, I, I, I just find it funny that I thought it was more complex and then after re-listening to it, I found it to be very sort of one note, yeah. quite boring, whereas you thought it was one note and boring and listened to it and went, oh, actually there's a bit more layers to it yeah. than what I initially was, I give it a bit more credit than, than what I initially. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which I guess it kind of, it stands to reason that we had those sort of diametrically opposed takes when we both had different experiences of Marilyn Manson growing up. Like, Mm. I didn't directly, like, I didn't borrow any of their CDs from my friend, for example. Like, I wasn't interested. Yeah. I was just kind of like, that's cool, but I'm just going to keep listening to Green Day. And I did. We... (laughs) We were listening to the Green Green album? Yes. That's the all the covers for Muppet songs. And I was like, there's no Green Day on this. I know. A missed opportunity. Um, anyway, that's my segue to 18 Visions. Excellent. So 18 Visions formed in the OC, Orange County, in 1995. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, a shout out for friend of the pod, Wyatt. Yes. Should be, should be necessary every time we talk about Orange County. Uh, the band initially went by the name Macabre. Macabre or Macabre? Macabre. Macabre. Um, they did change it. I'm assuming because there was a death, there's a death metal band um, called Macabre that were around before then. Yeah. I'm assuming maybe that's why they changed their name. Mm-hmm. Um, in a 2017 interview, vocalist James Hart stated that 18 Visions, because they they got to 18 Visions because if you add 6 plus 6 plus 6, get it, the devil's number. Shit. You get 18 he was also anti-religion and anti-Christianity, and as a 16-year-old metalhead, he was trying to write the most evil shit out there. That's, that's to paraphrase. I think that's that's the quality that I have never fully understood about this kind of stuff, like, and Marilyn Like, I don't understand that drive to want to write really evil, vile shit. Like, it's not pleasant. And I, like... I guess because I've never had to do that as a form of catharsis for anything. I just, to me, I'm like, ugh, that's that's the bit I don't like, is like actively choosing to perpetuate just evil, ugly shit into the world. I get it. I get, I, I, I mean, I am someone who enjoys that sort of shit. I know, so. I know. And that like, as that left my mouth, I was like, ooh. We, um, we are literally, I'm sitting here in a dark throne shirt and you're sitting there in a Barbie shirt. 
a bright a bright pink Barbie shirt and matching bottoms. I'll have you know, and matching bright pink with bottoms. Barbie embroidered on the butt of them. So, so I guess it's just a matter of I don't know, like life sucks, and maybe it's just nice to hear someone say life sucks, and and let's let's just be a little bit spooky. I guess it's that sort of key difference between like getting sad at the world and getting angry at the world. Like I've always definitely leaned into the sad camp. Yeah. Like it's easier for me and perhaps more beautiful in my eyes to sort of wallow in it as opposed to lashing out. I don't know. I think I definitely am the wallowing type. Yeah. I, I could, I, I could definitely stand at the top of a staircase in a Gothic manner with a candelabra coming down the stairs with one of those sleep hats with the little pom-pom on the end, like the long ones. Oh, of course, you can't enter and one of those. And a nightgown. You can't enter one of those houses. I would genuinely sleep in a nightgown <laughs> if I had one <laughs> in my, my two-bedroom apartment. As someone who sleeps in a nightgown every now and then, it's really annoying when you're trying to turn over onto your other side, though, because it just gets all bunched up. Yeah, that is... Yeah. Yeah, that would be annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can't enter those kinds of houses without being given a nightcap. By which you mean a alcoholic beverage. Well, that and a hat for sleeping in. <laughs> That's the joke. I, I, ne- I never understood what the fuck those things... Like, a night, a hat to wear to bed. Why? God forbid you show your scalp to the world when you're asleep. <laughs> you disgusting man. I mean, I feel like if you can afford to have... A hat for you for sleeping, then yes, you are a one percenter. <laughs> that fucking sleepy time teddy bear is a one percenter, buddy. <laughs> Fuck him. One thing of like him. No wonder he sleeps so well because he just has inherited generational wealth. Ebenezer Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck, Scrooge McDuck swam in a pool of coins. How is that? How is that physically possible? That's a shit flex, though. Like, fucking, like, he got a mouthful of coins and spat it out like it was, what, how the fuck did you do that, you Scottish bastard? He should have gotten sick from doing that. Yeah, nickel poisoning. Anyway. (laughs) Maybe that's that's what DuckTales was about, was his last dying moments. (laughs) From getting nickel poisoning. (laughs) Fucking Mr. Burns had a nightcap. He did. Homer overstarched it. Um, I do... I do like that James Hart, the vocalist of 18 Visions, we assume not a one percenter. Um, well, it, it depends. Does he wear a cap to bed or not? Oh, I don't know. James, if you're listening, tell us, do you wear a cap to bed or not? Inquiring minds want to know. Um, I get the feeling that it is a self-reflection, because like, that's over 20 years later that he's talking about the name of 18 Visions. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely a self-reflection of, yeah, I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Teenagers sometimes. Like, I I would have 100% thought that that was sick. Fuck yeah. At 16. Teenagers are just, they're meant to be cringe. If you're not cringe as a teenager, you're doing it wrong. And I I remember 18 Visions as a 16-year-old. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I would have, if I'd known that that was because it was 666, then fuck yeah, I would have actually attempted to listen to this band. We should get your niece into them. Which... When we were at dinner the other night, she scribbled 666 on a piece of paper and then <laughs> surrounded it with hearts. 
which is just such an immaculate vibe that it's now up on our fridge and I really want to get it tattooed on my person at some point. It's just such a vibe. That's the energy I want to take into 2023. Anyway. Uh, the band has been credited for helping to establish the metalcore look. Shit. Breaking away from traditional hardcore band's attire, the band would dress in high-end fashion. The term fashion core was thrown at the band in a negative light. High-end fashion? Like, I'm struggling to picture that. I watched one of their film clips and it is just sort of like... What, like just tailored pants? Yeah, they look like waiters. (laughs) (laughs) With tails and a cravat. But it's like, it's yeah, it's like dress pants and like button-up shirts and ties and stuff. Right. Interesting. I'm going to look them up and see if I can... Oh, yeah, I get it. So basically just what every other fucking band was doing back then. Yeah, but for metalcore. So, yeah, good point. So, like, yeah, you weren't getting... You weren't getting metalcore. Well, no. Uh, see, like, I'm trying... Like, I'm just thinking, like, Good Charlotte, My Chemical Romance... But like I'm anti-flag, and I'm even going. I'm going really specific to the Orange County medi- uh, medical, the Orange <laughs> County metalcore scene, and it is bands like it's a bands like Eighteen Visions, bands like Atreyu, yeah, Avenged Sevenfold, Bleeding Through, right? Um, like definitely. Well, when I saw Atreyu, they they came out in this like they had a uniform which was the black button up shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the pants. And again, they looked like waiters. <laughs> now that I think about it, but oh man, when I was 15 seeing Atreyu, that looked sick. I'm looking at pictures of them in their get up and it just reminds me of like what every single dude who wasn't actively doing their debutante ball or cotillion for those of you playing at home in the US. Like, everyone who didn't do it, everyone who attended that and was vaguely into this kind of music, that's what they looked like. Yeah, they had that hairstyle, but with the... They had a button-up shirt. That was slightly too big on them. But sleeves were rolled up. Yep. Um, Especially if they had forearm tattoos at that point in their life. True, true. The sleeves were... There was a... I went to school with a kid... There was a kid in the year level below me who got a forearm tattoo and for how the, old was he he would have been like 15 or 16 jesus this was a this was a, a small town school like yeah, shit like that where happened were his parents? my brother got his first tattoo when he was 15 where were his parents <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy worrying about me true um but yeah this kid got a fucking forearm tattoo and for the rest of his time in school he couldn't he couldn't not roll his sleeve up I'm so desperate to see what that forearm tattoo looks like now. Looks like now. There was there was another kid who, and again, year below me, Oof. got a got a forearm tattoo. There was two kids in the year below me that had fucking forearm tattoos. Were they and any good, or were they no? Oh. This one, this one was like we had no idea what it was, and so like <laughs> we looked at it, and we're like, oh, that's sick. And then when he left, we're like, is it a clown or is it a lobster? Oh no. What the fuck is it? <laughs> Please don't tell me it was one of those, like, was it, like, meant to be, like, a sexy girl, but with the clown makeup? That's such a... No, that was... that oh, was thank bef- God. It was before that time. Okay, It good. was... It was... I'm I'm old. It was before that time. I'm... This is my PSA, boys. Well, and girls, but, like, kids. Hi, boys. Kids. 
wait until wait until you're a little bit older before you start getting tattoos because you're going to get the dumbest shit when you're 17, 16, 17, 18. You're going to get the dumbest shit and go, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, I think I waited till I was 29 and I'm so pleased I did. I like, wait, yeah, I waited until I was 20. <laughs> but, but like, it was for the band Pantera. It was like, they're not my favourite band, but they're the band that got me into the world of metal for me. Yeah. Essentially. Um, they turned out to be weird guys, but, um, like just, just wait. If you had (laughs) gone and gotten tattooed when you were like 15, 16, what would you have gotten? Flames. I would have had, I would have had (laughs) like full like Guy Fieri flames. No, I would have had the Chester Bennington forearm flames. Sick. I was, I was going to get, and I was going (laughs) to, There was gonna be there was gonna be dice and oh, cards no. and probably some form something with checkers on it and Ooh. flames. So yeah, guy for Yeti. <laughs> Literally you're Brian with the hat from I think you should leave with his pocket dice. <laughs> Jesus. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, if I gotten tattooed at fifteen that was the shit that I was going to get. I would have gotten on stars on my knuckles, like oh. the Jesus of Suburbia music video. Yeah. Shout out to friend of the pod Ella. We used to sit in class and draw them on our knuckles. Oh, I would have gotten something stupid written on my knuckles, like <laughs> fucking kill and kill harder or something. I don't know. Kill hard. Kill hard. Thriller. <laughs> yeah. T H R I L. You could do Thrill Ho. You would just need to connect the... Or you could do... Yeah. Hang on. T-H-R-I-L-L-H-O. So that's... Yeah. So you need eight. Yeah. So just... Thrill Ho. Fuck. Maybe that's... No. When I finally lose my mind, you'll know, because I'll have come home with... Fucking Thrill Ho. Thrill Ho. If you come home with the mill pool tattooed on your foot, like you've still got some sanity left. I've <laughs> still got some dignity left to pull out another one. <laughs> I reckon I'm going to Google that right now. To see if someone's got thrill ho on their knuckles. Absolutely someone has thrill ho tattooed on their knucks. I So I did watch an eighteen visions film clip. <laughs> trying to go back to it. Trying to trying to reel us back yeah, in. Yeah, please do. And and it definitely brought me back to that. And I feel like I say that a lot, but it brought me back to that time of affliction t-shirts, Oof, yeah. dudes with like the faux hawk, but then also like the pointy down sideburns that yeah, weren't actual yep, sideburns; yep. they were just attached to the rest of your hair. And fucking so much jewelry and eyeliner. I'm, I really miss it. Monster energy drinks. I don't miss being that age, but if I could like just full, like wholeheartedly go back to that aesthetic as a 31 year old, I absolutely would without getting like just the bejesus roasted out of me every day. That was, that timeline was probably that time in history, (laughs) History, (laughs) that, that time in human history was probably the only time I ever felt uncomfortable in the body that I have and right. in the clothes that I wore and, and, and in my 
style and in my my fashion. Oh wow. That okay. was probably the only time I ever really truly felt like, oh shit, maybe I don't belong anywhere. Aww. And then <laughs> I I found band shirts and black jeans and went That's good Fast for me. Fast forward fifteen years and here we are. <laughs> that's that's me good. I'm settled. <laughs> Put a fork in me, I am done. <laughs> So have you found it? No. So sadly, no one seems to have done Thrill Ho Nux. Um, so I'm just going to manifest that one into the universe. If someone wants to get that tattooed on them, I will be very or, appreciative. Or if someone wants to Photoshop Thrill Ho on Emma's knuckles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you think of 18 Visions' cover of The Beautiful People? I... As you reach for a pen... And I know full well what you're going to do with that pen. <laughs> you know me so well. Um, it's like, it's good. I like that they kind of give it a slightly different vibe, but not really. It kind of has a, a lightness to it. Yeah. Like it, 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 yeah, it kind of has a bit of a light feel to it. Yeah, um, exactly. I... I... <laughs> I do kind of appreciate that at the very end they do slip into a breakdown. Oh, see, I hadn't, like, I did clock it when I listened to it, but I'd already forgotten that bit. Yeah. And it's just at the end. Um, it's, yeah, they slip in a breakdown. But it's it's mostly, it's mostly the same as the Marilyn Manson version. Like, it's not too far of a stretch from the original yeah. So now you need to write it like the actual font, though. No, I need it to be more, um, like, classy. Oh, but my wedding ring is preventing oh, me from... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm my... sorry that my proposal to you got in the way of a thrill-ho tattoo. My stable, secure relationship is preventing me from making a really poor life decision, and I do not like and, this. Un- unfortunately, you can't make that... You can't do that on the O finger... So that it can, so that the ring looks like an O. <laughs> Maybe I'm the thrill ho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's that's been eighteen visions. Um, are we talking about Neil? version of the song that I like truly appreciate with all of my heart and that is Legend of the Pod Neil Ciceraga did um, a mix of beautiful people with the baby back ribs jingle with Everybody Wants to Rule the World with The Lion Sleeps Tonight for his latest um, release Mouth Mouth Dreams Dreams, which he released in 2020 which was just such a vibe Um, and somehow managed to turn it into a song about the myth 
of Marilyn Manson removing his ribs to suck his own dick. Yeah, and I I didn't clock it until you told me that, and I'm like, oh, of course, baby back ribs. And then just things like even just splicing what you used to be and you can't smell your own shit from your knees or whatever. It just turns into, and you can't smell your own knees. (laughs) Like, just the stupidest undertaking, but it's just so on brand for Neil Cicerega, and it makes me appreciate this song. <laughs> if I if I can't manifest AFI, those bastards coming over here to to do a to do an anniversary show for one of my favorite albums of all time, um, I don't want to go. I don't want to go see you do new songs, AFI. Um, we should manifest Neil Cicerega. Mm-hmm. getting on this podcast because I just want to be like what is it like to fixate on something <laughs> to like a to like an obsessive degree with the way that you write some of your songs so what was there was another one that was just like oh just like the 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 lit version where it's like oh, sleeping just... with my clothes on <laughs> and it's just like everything is about sleeping with my fucking clothes on yeah no surprise to me I'm sleeping with my clothes on and every now and then I sleep, sleep with, with my, my clothes, clothes on, on. So, I think it's just at the end of it just like sleep <laughs> can we forget about the clothes I wore when I was sleeping <laughs> I didn't mean to sleep with my clothes on <laughs> so just like yeah just the fixation also just you know it'd be funny to get him on the podcast genuinely thought he was British and he's not no but just because I had grown up watching Potter Puppet Pals, I just assumed he was British, even though it's just so obviously like a silly British accent that he's putting on for that. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, hell yeah or yeah, nah. Well, now that I have Thrill Ho on my knuckles, I'm going to say... I so hope you forget to wash those tomorrow before work. <laughs> I so hope you go into work with that on your knuckles. I, I love you dearly, but I just... I just desperately hope that you forget to watch that. Desperately thrill hope. Oh, desperately. (laughs) I would be thrilled hard (laughs) if you just fucking forget about that shit tomorrow and you have a meeting. (laughs) I definitely am guilty of when, before I got my MyCam tattoo, I had like just sketched it on my arm to make sure I was okay with it and I forgot to wash it off. But then... Obviously, I committed to the bit, because here we are. This would be a whole new level entirely. But no, I'm going to say hell yeah, just for the general vibes of this episode, but probably a yeah now nah for the song itself. I like that. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree. Sick. <laughs> this has been The Beautiful People.